0: Well, good morning, City Church. What ho! It's so lovely to be able to spend a few minutes just sharing some thoughts with you like this. I'm so sorry I can't be with you in person. You have no idea just how much Patsy and I have missed meeting with you. So if nothing else this morning, um, know from the bottom of our hearts that we really have missed you. And uh, it's going to be really lovely when we can finally all meet again together now in true Jelf style. Let me start this morning with a story. So an old gentleman, a gentleman who lived alone in New Jersey, um, he wanted to plant his annual tomato garden. It was difficult work you must understand because the ground was very hard and his only son Vincent whom he relied on for this operation was in prison. So the old man wrote his son Vincent A letter and described his predicament. Now this is where you've got to be able to do the right accent. That's sort of the Marlon Brando. Dear Vincent, I can't do it. I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know however that if you were here my troubles would be over. I know that you would be happy to dig over the plot for me just like in the old days love papa a few days later he receives a letter back from his son dear papa don't dig up the garden that's where the bodies are buried your loving son vinny so at 4 and at 4 a.m. the following morning the old man's garden is overrun by fbi agent fbi agents local police scene's of crimes officer officers, you name it, they're all there and they dig up the entire area without finding any bodies at all. So they apologise profusely to the old guy and leave. Later that same day the old man received another letter from his son and the letter said, Dear Papa, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. It's the best I could do under the circumstances boom boom you'll be telling it tomorrow it's a great story i don't know how much of it is true if any of it but it sort of represents a little bit about what i want to talk about this morning and i want to talk to you or share some thoughts with you about vulnerability don't know how you might be feeling at the moment maybe you are feeling vulnerable and um, to be vulnerable to be vulnerable means to be exposed to the possibility of an attack or the possibility of being harmed. A vulnerable person might be um, spoken of as somebody with a, with a, with requiring special care or support, or somebody um, needing protection because of their age or their disability, or because they are at risk of abuse or neglect. And I put the question to you this morning, are you feeling vulnerable? The hymn writer Isaac Watts, he put it so eloquently He said our lives contain a thousand springs and dies if one be gone strange that a harp of a thousand strings can stay in tune so long you know we are all vulnerable at one level or another and uh, we might not care to admit it but often even relatively small or simple things can send us into a a a, a, a spiral where we can feel out of control and anxious and and vulnerable and we are we're all vulnerable at one level or another if we're truthful but vulnerability as I've been considering it especially in this time of lockdown and as the lockdown is being eased um, I've considered it a lot and when you look at it in terms of the life that Jesus lived there are many occasions where he I would suggest he even appears to embrace vulnerability. And uh, if you take, for instance, in John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus, Jesus' friend Lazarus, who has become ill and he dies. And Jesus is somewhere away. And it takes some four days for Jesus to get to where they've buried Lazarus. And sometimes these sources of of making us feel vulnerable can come very close to home. If you read in this account in John chapter 11, particularly in verse 34, um, it says this, Jesus said to them, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see, come and see. And Jesus at that point breaks down and weeps. That statement alone raises so many questions for me that I dare not get sidetracked on this morning. But Jesus wept. He wept. At the grave of his friend. And yet you think to yourself, well, he was the son of God. Surely he could have just snapped his fingers, brought him back to life. What's the problem? And that's what happens in the story. The Jews said see how he loved him and some of them replied could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying so you almost feel you can feel Jesus's vulnerability I don't know how close those people were to him in terms of their friendships but you can almost feel this attack coming and yet Jesus doesn't shy away from it he appears to I would suggest even embrace it. And you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story, how Jesus raises this man to life. Take away the stone, he says to Martha, the sister of him who was dead. And Jesus saying to her, says, did you not believe that? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place. Jesus lifted up his eyes. He prays and says with a loud voice. Lazarus come forth and Lazarus comes forth. It's an amazing story. I encourage you this week, if you get opportunity, just to reread it, because it is amazing. But Jesus being so vulnerable, being a Jew in his upbringing. If you know the, 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 the Torah, the Old Testament, the rules and regulations, you weren't supposed to mess around with dead bodies they would make you ceremonially unclean and there was a whole ritual you had to go through to become clean again and again we see this vulnerability exposed in John chapter 4 if you flick back a few chapters Jesus is sitting by a well um, near Samaria his disciples have gone into town to try and get some food because it's late and he sat at the well and a Samarian woman comes to him and if you dig into this story and you don't have to dig very far, you quickly realise that Jews and Samaritans do not mix. They were considered an inferior race. They worshipped foreign gods. They were considered low down in the pile, in the packing order. And Jesus again enters into a conversation with her. I mean, that in itself is incredible. It seems even worse from from our perspective and in our day and age because he's he's a male, she is female. He He is a highly esteemed rabbi, teacher, expert in the law, supposedly. And here he is talking to a Samaritan woman and proceeds to tell her all her life history and exposes her to something of God's kingdom. And i put it to you this morning that when we are feeling vulnerable it's no bad thing in the sense that it should push us back to the lord back to god what is it father that you would say in this situation what is the response that you would have from me and the woman then proceeds to evangelize the whole town based on this one conversation She proceeds to tell the whole town, come and see this Messiah, this man who told me everything I ever knew. I wonder, I wonder through that story, just how many other people were affected by Jesus's message. Many of you will know, um, Patsy and I, we have been on a journey. We became foster parents just before uh, the lockdown started. And there have been occasions when we have felt really vulnerable, even scared. And obviously I can't go into the specifics of that because there are professional confidences that have to be observed. But we have seen some truly miraculous things happen. And one day I was feeling really quite anxious. We had, we had some big things happening and I'd gone for a walk with the dogs. We were, I was in the middle of nowhere and I was praying to the Lord and I said, Lord, we've seen some great things happen. I would really love to understand a bit more about how some of these things have happened and are happening. And I don't know how God did, it, did this, but I know he spoke to me. He simply said, Chris, you don't need to know. You just need to be obedient. And it's so true. We don't need to understand completely all the ins and outs of every situation we face. What we do need to do is keep our spiritual ears open and to be obedient. In the book of 1 Samuel, the prophet prophet Samuel made a profound statement to King Saul. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. You can't make all situations right. You can't make them all sweet and hunky-dory. But what you can do is be obedient. And when we are obedient, even in our vulnerability, it opens up something of God's kingdom upon us and over us. I really believe that. There's a great song by a guy called Don Francisco. It's called The Steeple Song. And in it, he says this. It doesn't matter if your sacrifice of praise is loud enough to raise the dead. The thing I need to ask you is, have you done the things I said? Do you love your wife? With all you've got inside you, are you laying down your life? And what about the others? Are you living as a servant to your sisters and your brothers? Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? Do the widow and the orphan cry alone? Consider those words, because they are profound, even David, King David, understood something of it when he wrote Psalm 51 after he'd been caught out in the act of adultery. So cast all your cares, as it says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. In Isaiah 41 10 it says, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. So in closing, please, I would encourage you. Be obedient to those things that God has said and is saying into your lives. And maybe things he's saying to you even right now as you're listening to me. Be obedient to it and talk and pray it through with a trusted Christian friend. That's my message this morning. Guys, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And we will see you again soon. Every blessing. Bye now.